Hey everybody, welcome to the Forest School Podcast. This podcast is all about exploring the fascinating world of Forest School education and sharing our evolving perspectives on this ever-changing field. Uh, we want to take a moment at the beginning of this episode to thank you, our dedicated listeners, for joining us. But before we dive into this episode, we'd like to address something important. If you're just joining us, or if you've been with us since the beginning, you may have noticed that some of our earlier episodes sound a bit different. The Forest School podcast began as our own personal journey through the world of education, and those early episodes reflect a time when we were still learning the ropes. While we're proud of our growth and progress through the years, it's essential to acknowledge that those early episodes may not meet the technical and content quality standards of our more recent episodes. Education is a field that's constantly evolving, and so are our views and insights. Our early episodes served as a public diary of our learning journey, complete with all the mistakes and learning experiences that came with it. We believe that it's essential to keep these episodes available for posterity as they remind us how far we've come. However, if you're here for the most up-to-date discussions on education and our best quality recordings, we'd encourage you to explore our more recent episodes. Our views have evolved, our production quality has improved, and we're excited to share our current perspectives and knowledge with you. So, whether you're here to trace our journey from the beginning, or you're seeking the latest insights into education, we're thrilled to have you along for the ride. Thank you very much for being part of the Forest School community. Let's embark on this journey together. Okay, so we're recording it. Cool. Hi guys. Hello. Hello, welcome back to the Forest School podcast. We're here, Jammer is off in Japan at the moment, so I have one of our other Forest School leaders here with me today. Uh, to have a chat about um, forest school training and um, kind of different bits to go with that. I think first thing we need to explain is that you and I trained at different places. Different places. And, the, and, uh, at, different. and at different points. Yeah. So you, you've you only very recently done your training. Yeah, I'm uh, a newbie. Um, and I did mine... Oh, Jesus, it's coming up like four years ago. Which I worked out the, the other day is uh, nearly the longest job. This is now nearly the longest job, like, continuously I've ever had. Aww. Which it's because is... it's the yeah, that's true. Oh, let's say, because your voice has just dropped out for a second, so if if, uh, if the other leader drops out a little bit, it's just that we are not face-to-face today, we're talking over the computer, but we'll try and, um, yeah, leave loads of gaps so that that doesn't happen. Cool. So, um, I guess we start with the really big one. Um, we both did level three. Um, yeah. And I guess we should talk about what we think makes a good level three trainer because i think much like forest schools where you go oh there are broad principles but each person does their own type of forest school um i'd say there are probably broad principles of being a trainer yeah i totally agree um and from our conversations up to now it seems like we've had different trainers i'll say very different yeah so do you want to um I don't know. What do you think makes a good trainer? If you were going to say a few things. Um, so I would say 
need to be really passionate about what they're doing and have that experience and knowledge to sort of back it up. Mm -hmm. I think that's quite important to me. And for me, patience, I'm like a nervy person. I need them to be really patient and take their time, which you do. Um, Maybe not everybody does. Um, But I think it's broadly the same things that make you a good leader, isn't it? You're just teaching adults, teaching children. Yeah, I think that is a very interesting um, point is that a lot of people who deliver um, forest school qualifications are, I'd imagine, very good forest school practitioners because they do mm. lots of tailoring and they do lots of, um, you know, personalizations and really working yeah. things out. But my experience and from what I've heard from other people training is that a lot of people um, run their level threes on a very uh, tick the box kind of almost the anti forest school way yeah like really really different yeah which is, um, but I guess it's it's very different because forest school the sessions that we run with kids they don't have any qualifications so we're not required to meet any standards or you know you don't have to have seen the kids do carving do you know what I mean but you do if you're doing a qualification yeah, yeah true I find it quite scary it's that whole like it really feels like being back at school in a mm. not so good way and I think but I think that um so some people run their forest school so both of us did uh like one week I don't think they I think they used to be called oh excuse me they used to be called intensive courses um yeah because the, I think my understanding is that the the, tr- the the way that people used to do their training was like one or two days a week over a few months um yeah and now and then people started saying oh, okay we can get this all done in a week so let's let's do it in a week and call it an intensive yeah. but then that's become the standard and see people seem to have dropped that intensive idea but i do think mm. that um i mean like you said before you are a, a particularly i don't think anxious is too strong of a word you know no totally um yeah I'm... but but knowing that you have five days and then you won't see that trainer again. It's a very different experience to, okay, I've got to take mm. on, you know, if it's over a few months, you go, I've got to take on today's information. And then if I have some questions, I could probably talk to them next month or next week, I mean, mm. um, and you build up so much. And gives the, I think gives the trainer more time to personalise the course to you. Yeah, to you, definitely. And I think I definitely got um, information saturation sort of, towards the end of the week I doubt I was picking much up at all like it was too much in a short space of time whereas if we if it had been one day a week one day a, a week or a month or do you, do you know what I mean like if it had been a I longer do, I do. process yeah I, I wonder I wonder if that um shift from a couple you know one or two days a week over a few months to a five-day mm-hmm. course I wonder if that has changed the demographic of people doing the training. Yeah. Um, well, being able to be free for a week fits well for school staff, doesn't it? You mm-hmm, can mm-hmm. do that in it's being free once a week for a couple of months is a, it's a different thing, isn't it? Yeah. And it actually makes me think, I'm listening to um, a book at the moment about, um, uh, broadly about advertising and marketing and stuff. And, um, mm. It was saying about how um, with uh, it's it's kind of cognitive dissonance, but it's to do with 
the more difficult um, a group is to gain entry to, the more people value that group when they're inside it, even if it's the same group. Um, that makes sense, yeah. So, so the, 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 this experiment was done where there was what like a uh, like a book club kind of thing, and yeah. they had these ladies and. Um, the first group had to read a very um, graphic scene in front of the whole group. Um, yeah. The second group had to read, and and the second group just had to read just a, a normal piece of text, and the third group had to read just nothing. Um, and they were just trying to see whether the levels of embarrassment would change how they perceived it. And the people that had to work really hard to do the embarrassing graphic um, reading valued the, the group higher than people who had um yeah had to do nothing um yeah yeah and on the flip side they were saying that this is how cults work because you get people to do something very embarrassing or um have you ever been to training where you have to so you have to stand up at the front at the start and say why you're there yeah and that is so apparently psychologically that does more to you than it does anyone else because you have to do a you're doing something embarrassing but also you hear yourself saying oh well I'm here because I really love it and I want to do whatever and because it's come out of your mouth your brain then goes well that must be what I think that's yeah <laughs> but but the so the, the point that I was kind of having a very meandering walk back to was that um, yes. I wondered if people who had to commit over three months value forest school leaders forest school level three um, mm. more highly than people who go oh right I'll knock it out in a half term get my course do you mm. know what I mean yeah and you can fit more in can't you as well you could fit a, you could do a five day intensive course every week um, if you were the so yeah and you could and, and it gives you the ability to kind of um, have a little bit of like trial and error with stuff so like any sort of techniquey thing like oh look can you try and rig up a tarp if you're doing it in five day mm -hmm. course they've got to show you you've got to pop up one tarp and then they're going to go right we need to move on now okay let's look at f identifying flora and fauna or whatever if you had a week you can kind of say okay just go and absorb that do that deep learning thing yeah um so i but then that's i mean we started by talking about what makes a good trainer and i guess that's not necessarily, you know, could a good trainer make up for an intensive course? Yeah, possibly. But like, it's that, I really like that quote, um, knowledge without love will not stick. So if you've got a trainer with enough passion and um, engaging enough trainer, mm. maybe. But uh, another thing I was thinking is that we both have only done one training course so we can't really compare we don't really know if maybe it's not as good if you're doing one day a week for several months <laughs> we don't know no that's that's so that's a second-hand experience i know some people and i know um some tra do you have you heard of richard irving up in north devon yeah i'd love to have worked with him but he's too far yeah, from me he's a little bit far from us so he um yeah. but he does um still i think one or two days a week over a longer time um yeah. and we've had um a lady called larissa actually who was on this podcast before she was talking about musical instruments and she's i think she's recently finished her kind of time with him and just her whole energy towards forest school and towards the training it yeah. was almost as if i think maybe her i mean and uh, 
I guess her energy was much more that she was enjoying the process of training and taking it all on and mm-hmm. improving herself as opposed to I, the experience I've had talking to lots of people who've done the, the one week one is, yeah. is almost that it was maybe seen as a bit of an arbitrary barrier like they felt as if they could yeah. read they could read enough and they had first hand experience maybe volunteering or something um mm. and this five days was a little bit like oh, okay head down do your time yeah um, jump through that hoop yeah which is an interesting difference isn't it you know does a a good tra- a good trainer i guess would make you think about what mm. what can i do um and do you want that as well do you want to be a self-reflective practitioner at the end of it mm. having that joy of learning and developing help you to do that but um if you don't have that something i think is- <laughs> hi guys just interrupting the conversation very briefly uh, so if you're enjoying the podcast and enjoying the conversation that we're having and the theories and ideas that we put forward uh you can come join us face to face we hold um every month we have an education retreat um, so we have an optional night of camping followed by a full day of kind of learning and it's split up into uh, different focus things so we're having a day on outdoor cooking we're having a day on alternative behavior management and coming up the next one is november 1st and we're having a full day working on early years play working um, which is uh, kind of making sure the play is as good as possible how you can facilitate that so it's going to be really a uh, great event um, and if you go to our website it's childrenoftheforest.com or go to our Facebook page uh, when you buy your tickets you can use the discount code podcast and that will get you 10% off the ticket price which is a pretty hefty sum so I'll leave it there and we'll get back to the chat it's very tricky um, mm. so I wonder maybe Sounds we should like- go, go on to a we had a second point which was what what we thought you should come away with training knowing and I guess we yeah. could ex- we could expand that into knowing and feeling if we're we're kind of reaching that that peeling that feed that point, aren't we? Where we're sort of talking about the yeah. vi- that kind of indescribable like vibe that you get from training. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. vibe is a really good word for it. I was going to use it, but I'm happy. <laughs> no, no, absolutely. It's it's because it it's not a. I think it is separate from what makes a good trainer. Is you're then starting to talk about kind of the personality of the people you're training with and how the groups are set up and and those things that they don't tangibly add or take away anything but at the end of that week do you feel like you know what you know what should you walk away feeling like you have gained and what you know and stuff and I I think if I can my experience was very much so that this is the the um caveat that I have to give is that um, my experience I actually only even did four days on my course of my five day course so I did a I didn't know that yeah so um, it's kind of an embarrassing story but we had I was doing the, f- the five days and the, the fourth day was um, fire lighting and so we did all the fire lighting did all that and then I came home and um, I did mine in October and mm-hmm. uh, my house has a log burner that's how we have our thing so it's kind of like you know did all that um, no 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 just we just lit it in the normal way did all the stuff it's okay. just it's relevant to the story because we went out to okay. go and get to um a shop not 10 minutes from our house drove out um came back and the log burner had lit a fire in the living room 
and our our living room had a fire in it and the whole house was covered in smoke damage and um, all this kind of horrendous stuff, you know, it was one of those things. But um, I had to phone my instructor and say, look, I'm really sorry. I I set my house on fire yesterday, so I can't come back in. Um, After we, literally the last thing he'd said to me was about fire and fire safety and all this. And I just felt... But the, the relevant point to that is I didn't do the last day and my last day or the last day on my course was um, like lashing and knot work and den building. And mm. from the photos I saw, everybody on the course built a big den all together. Um, so, oh, yeah, which so my experience is kind of um, what's the word? It's influenced by the fact that I didn't do that last bit of rounding off if you know what I mean. Yeah. So there might have been a different vibe that I walked away with if I had done all five days. Yeah. Um, I would say that I felt like my course was an interesting... Now that I am three, four years on, mm. I, I'm looking, uh, looking back at it, I think I understand now that they gave us lots of time on my training. You know, it was kind of morning heavy on information and then the afternoon slowed down a bit was more practical um yeah. and we did lots of like you know the tools will be here all week try and make a spoon by the end of it so there's you know i'd say at least two to two and a half hours a day where you were just kind of left on your own um yeah and reflectively i think they were trying to get us into that kind of flow state and trying to get us to just be and almost into that meditative state um yeah but because they never vocalized that I spent the whole time almost feeling a little bit cheated as if I was, I had paid for t- contact time that I wasn't getting. Oh, it's, yeah. Um, and all it would have taken would have been a, com- a comment at the start to say, there is a lot of downtime. The purpose of the downtime is to do this. So if you ever feel like that, this is what is happening. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah. But at the time I felt like, oh, it was a, lo- it was a lot of like, even though it was five days and it was quite full I felt kind of like oh right that wasn't as like information dense as I wanted it to be I wanted there to be more and I think I came away wishing that we had done more of um I guess the like child development and um you know the practice of like how you are with the kids yeah which is I think something that people avoid touching on because it is a personal thing yeah, it, it really... but it. I but think. It... Uh, Go on. I was gonna say I think I went into mine having heard your experience and expecting it to be like that, mm. and it was almost the opposite. It was very very theoretical and information based in the morning, so lots of. I did find it interesting, um, but that would bleed into the afternoon, and then generally we'd only get an hour or maybe two hours in the woods. So a lot less practical and mm. none, no downtime for flow or self. Yeah. So, and I guess yeah. it's it's an interesting thing. Whether is it, do you need to have a practical experience of flow and of um, that introspective time, or is it enough to say this is what you should be aiming to get the kids to do? I think you need to feel it because well being told it doesn't always make you understand it anyway does it we all learn to me mm, yeah absolutely so do yeah. you think do you think that there is a sense that you 
Yeah, should is a big word, but maybe mm. there sh- should forest school be a transformative training for more than just practical skills? Like, should it have an impact on your outlook or is it actually just a, a bunch of skills that you tick off and off you go? No, I think I think for most people, I can think of very few that it should be like that but I think it it should be a transformative wherever you're coming at it from for a school well is probably quite different to what you've experienced before um I, I guess that, that's schools and because that's a, that's an interesting point that people do come for it from different backgrounds I don't know what your cohort was like but mine had a range of um, teachers and independent people and scout leaders and yeah. uh, someone who was a police officer and just wanted to do more stuff with his son and kind of looked at it as like Aww. oh this is what we should do um, which is very interesting because a bit like we were saying earlier with the personalization that's a hard mix to personalize for um, but it is interesting um, that the um, uh prerequisites to do level three you for at least where I went were very much kind of um do you have outdoor experience but no it seemed to me from talking to my cohort that there wasn't any need to have worked with children yeah um, I feel like mine opposite way so everyone in my cohort was uh, schools teaching as a TA right um on the form that's what they wanted they wanted a background right and I think because I wondered whether that is a thing where you go, um, I think there are a few people on my course who were doing the level three to see if it was right for them. You know, weren't weren't committed to like, I'm going to do forest school. It was like, oh, right. It's another. I don't know. It's a train. Yeah. And it's it's difficult to say, isn't it? Because we, uh, I did my training and was like this is it, this is the 100% philosophy, this is what I think is right. Um, yeah. But I don't have an experience of what it's like to be somebody who does the training and goes, mm, I can see the benefit of that, but I disagree with this, this and this. Do you know? But I suppose it must be some people's Yeah, and especially if you're taking it back into a school and still have to work within the framework. Yeah, and I guess... But then But I wonder whether that is why they don't touch too much in training on uh, interaction and things like that because they know people are going to take it back and run it through the mangler as it were to get it into schools so that actually if you give people this beautiful unobtainable idea of like what it is to do pure for a school which I guess is kind of closest to what we do because we're an independent company we don't work for anybody you know some, some of our leaders work in schools so that has been um, adjusted I guess but in terms of like sessions that yeah. we do in the woods that is entire that is as far as schooly as far as school gets yes. um, but to give people that experience on the training and say this is what you must do I wonder whether people yeah. would come back and feel disheartened if they went all of that was just unobtainable yeah and we've got this two hour slot one up yeah half available to deliver it yeah it's very tricky um, I think. Go on. I was just gonna say. I think after the training, one of the things that you want to feel is that confidence to take it and 
make it yours not against the principles but to have that confidence to be an independent leader mm -hmm. which is this is something that i think i've developed in myself um in the last oh my gosh yeah maybe nearly um do you think your training uh, helped with that or do you think it's something you were going you were doing anyway i think it it helped because it showed me things i don't want to do mm -hmm. and that that sort of lit a fire and just made me feel a bit more like no i, I know what i'm doing mm -hmm. I've, I've got this a bit more than i realized um yeah yeah it is interesting isn't it sometimes uh it's only when your um ideas are challenged that you realize how much your brain has to give on what you do believe you know um yeah how strongly held they are yeah and how much and and maybe not even how strong they are but how how much background you you maybe didn't know you had yeah that's a good yeah so i guess I, actually that comes on quite nicely to the third point where so the the phrase that i've picked up and it comes up quite a lot in um the forest school facebook group the support group um mm. but also in um Actually, do you know what's really interesting? Now that I read it, of looking at it written down, it's exactly the same as. Did you see the news story a while ago that the um, the Kelly kettle that exploded? Explosion, yeah. Yeah, so it wasn't Forest School, but it was someone who'd done outdoor training, and they left the yeah. bung in a Kelly kettle, and it exploded, and shrapnel and boiling water went all over the kids, and a couple of the kids had really nasty burns. Oh, so bad. Yeah, it was a very um difficult story for I think all the sort of outdoor ed community yeah. sort of responded um, but the, the phrase that came up was my trainers showed me to do it this way yeah um, and I guess it's an interesting discussion isn't it if you don't understand the the reason for a technique or a theory mm. should you look at that and go okay I should I should do what someone more experienced tells me um, mm. or should you look at that and go, okay, well, I need to challenge that because it might not be the best. No, yeah, absolutely. You've got to be a critical thinker. If you're going to dynamically risk assess on your own for your own session, you don't want to be a parrot. You can't just depend on a set of rules, can you? It's You've got to be able to, um, yeah, challenge things yourself and or, like, find out why, what are the reasons. And, it, yeah, and I guess that is a thing that comes in um, so my trainers were particularly good at this, I think, where they would set up an activity like chopping firewood with a bill hook. Um, and although it took longer, they just talked us through, got us to kind of talk through like, okay, what do you think we need to be aware of? And we gave mm. all the answers and we, you know, and anything that they weren't sure on, they kind of went like, well, okay, that's not how we do it, but this is kind of, um, they weren't gospel about anything, if you know what I mean. They were kind yeah. of very much along the lines of, okay, as long as it's safe, this is one way of doing it. This is the way we do it quite often, but what you're suggesting yeah. is fine. Um, but I don't think that's how a lot of training is done. And I no. and I do know, I, is it, was it, uh, there's a lot of trainers who will say, this is how you do this. And because it is, it's, well, it's like any teaching, isn't it? It is quicker to say to a child, this is how you do it, don't do it any other way. Um, yeah. 
than it is to sit down and talk through and explain why it's safe and how it's safe. And that and that way, you, we're empowering the kids to make their own risk assessments in the same way yeah. that, you, I guess, in a level through training, I would expect people to be saying to the um, to their... The tra- I would expect the trainer to say to their pupils, okay, as it needs to meet this criteria, but how you get there isn't important to me. Yeah. You've got to encourage that creative confidence. Yeah. In yeah. And that adaptability that I think, like you were yeah. saying about confidence, you, yeah. are, are, you are going to feel very differently confident if you know how to... Let's, let's take cutting wood with a bill hook because it's a really like simple example but if you only if on your training you did it with an axe and a cherry mallet on a log in a roped off area on a completely yeah. flat surface right yeah but if you didn't explore why that was safe then mm. when you run your own session and your site is very slightly on a hill or you've got a bill yes. hook not an axe yeah. or yeah. maybe you don't have enough rope to completely secure off an area you know you but yeah and I think a lot of trainers then have that experience where they go, oh, no, we can't do that because it isn't safe. Yeah. Um, and that that's more worrying, I think, that you, you're not empowering your students if you just say, look, do it my way or, or don't do it. Mm. Um, and similarly, you know, I, I, I think over the last few years have slowly come to that conclusion with knife work and children where uh, mm-hmm. um i think because knives are scary right there's a gut reaction to that is sharp you um, see them as a weapon on telly yeah they're not and, and so i think it's very comforting to have a system that is like your knees always point this way you always sit here you always carve that way you do you know um yeah which is very different to saying okay make sure the blade's not coming towards you or anybody else um, mm-hmm. so that you're not going to hurt them. And um, that way you can carve, if you want to carve the knife down into a log, that's just as safe as carving it down into some open space into the ground. Do you know what, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and and being able to say to the kids, okay, well, as long as you are doing it safely, you fi- let's yeah. find a comfortable way for you and let's talk about why it is or isn't safe. Yeah. And that's teaching them to manage their own risk so important yeah did you feel uh, i mean i think i know the answer to this but on your training you've so you've already said that you kind of disagreed with some of the things that your trainer was suggesting it was just suggesting the right word maybe i want to go with preaching from what you've said i'm going to go with preaching (laughs) yeah okay um i think that's fair (laughs) and do you do you think that your environment was one where you could suggest alternatives or 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 even query things um not for activities i'm saying that um i i don't think anyone queries because you well not being able to get a word in edgeways for a start (laughs) (laughs) but um yeah i don't i don't think that it fostered that self-reflective practice right and uh, okay yeah and do you think that anyone on your course will have gone or do you think though did do you think there's anything 
I guess the question is, is there anything actually dangerous about that, or is it just not ideal? Because my experience is some t- things like that can be dangerous. Um, yeah. The one that's come up recently is, uh, well, it comes up pretty frequently, is people asking about gloves with tools. Oh, it's always gloves, isn't it? Always yeah. gloves on the hand that's the only question oh well there's a massive spectrum from like gloves on both hands gloves on two hands no gloves and then the range of like there's a range of like oh and we only do it in the saw buck or we do it here or we do it you know there's things like that but um there's lots of people that seem to have picked their position on gloves based and they won't buck but they won't budge, but not not for any critical or logical reason, but because no. I did my training with X mm. and they said this. They yeah. And although there is a bit like we kind of said a little bit ago, there is something to some sort of merit to say, I did my training with the super duper forest school team and they said no gloves. So, you know, it's almost as if a, a like... You're accepting your own ignorance in some ways and going like, this, I'm not, there isn't a super duper forest school team, I'm using that as an example. Um, <laughs> you know, you're, you're going like, the, the super duper forest school team obviously know so much more than me, so even if I don't understand, I should do it their way. Yeah. But if the super duper forest school team is so super duper, I feel like they should be able to explain their practice yeah. and, and through that conversation, you should, ar- if it is the best and only practice, then through that conversation you should arrive at the same practice as them yeah um but to blindly i mean that's a little bit how cults work isn't it they just go don't question this just accept that i know more than you yeah but Um, you need to be able to question it and you need to know those reasons for yourself don't you and to be able to justify yeah and i think that's what it i think questioning sometimes comes across as rude as if you're not respecting the authority yes, or the experience, experience. Um, but actually it, if you're not if you're feeling like the learning you're doing isn't deep enough questioning mm. shouldn't be rude it should be a kind of like can you talk to me about where you got to that and so like we run training at our um, at Children of the Forest and anybody that questions kind of why we do stuff on those courses or even parents in normal groups I feel really mm. confident in being able to say like well this is why we've arrived there do you know what I mean? Yeah. What are you saying? Uh, yeah. And, and putting it forward in a way that is kind of, I guess sometimes it's a mix of like, well, I believe this. And then, and then another bits of it being like, and logically it follows that. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I, I think, guess. Go on. Um, I think for me, it's um, like how I've come to feel with doing my own risk assessments like of course you could just teach someone um you could just give someone a form with it all filled in and they would just use that but knowing that i do my own and i can explain the reasons i've arrived at something um i feel like that makes me a better practitioner now than like if if you just were given it with no reasoning. Does mm. that make sense? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It does, it does. Yes, the same thing. Yeah, being able to justify it, being able to know why you've done something, then oh. I think that's fine then, isn't it? Because people might have done something different as long as you know why and can explain why. Yeah, if I can draw a, a, a teaching parallel, it's the, it's the difference between um, I could have taught when I was 
teaching in in you know state education i could have taught an entire class how to write um a absolutely perfect like paragraph of literacy right i could have mm. but literally you know you do it through dictation and rote wouldn't you you'd have it on the board and they'd write it every day and you, like yeah. how long do you reckon it would take if you needed to get them to write 100 words it's going to take less than like a month before you had 30 yeah. 30 kids who could write level six you know 100 words right yep but that is not the same as saying all those children are able to write at a level six no definitely and so i think that's the difference between handing someone techniques and skills and saying do it like i do it this is the way you do it mm. and the longer process of saying okay uh i wonder whether trainers i'm um, just this is a thought just coming into my head but i wonder whether trainers consider their students to be representative of themselves once they leave or mm. is it a kind of okay once you're out the door you're your practice is your practice yeah that's such a because I, I feel like it's a little bit like, like you know when you go to universities and and people still some in some circles are very kind of like oh you went to that university did you oh, okay and and universities have a a thing but it's less of a less of a thing in forest school to to talk about where you were trained I guess publicly maybe yeah when I think about certain um, leaders that inspire me I haven't even considered where they trained yeah. Which is actually a very interesting thought, whether you continue to be. Because if you... I guess it, I guess maybe it's because it becomes closer to, like, maybe feeling like a franchise. And if you did have some training where they said, this is how you... You know, if you, um, for whatever reason, had to walk around with a badge saying your trainer's name on it, um, no. then... <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But you would... You would that trainer would presumably train you differently and would want to keep a closer tab on you afterwards. Yeah, true. Um, I don't know. It's an interesting thought. Would you, ever get, like, would you ever get a new generation of people that would then go on to train for a school leader? Because then when they're questioned, will they know why they're recommending certain things? Yeah. You don't you need that ability mm. to like to pass on the information because you've just parroted it yourself. Yeah, we don't want books. Oh, okay, so this is my very slight, this is my teaching brag, right? So, okay. uh, my university lecturer, so I did music at university, my university lecturer, if you go back uh, six teachers, uh, so, you know, my teacher's teacher was taught by someone who was taught by someone who was taught, um, was taught by Beethoven. Was, um, I'm no. si yeah, I'm six teachers away from Beethoven, which is... That's really cool. Six we, degrees of separation. Well, yeah, it's a very interesting... But but you don't get that. That's the sort of equivalent I was thinking in forest school if people kind of went, oh, I was taught by um, Mark Smith. I'm, I'm making up names. Mark Smith, who was actually one of um, John... Birdhouse's students who you know like you don't get these big prolific names that kind of no I think you get people who say that that they created over here but I don't know if everyone else would oh I was th I was thinking more in terms of like so I think big names that I can think of off the top of my head I would have mm. John Cree is a name that I know um yeah I know John so he comes up quite a lot um yeah 
Lily comes up quite a lot. Lily Horseman. Lily Horseman. But Lily, for obvious reasons, has some... Um, I, I was going to say a really rude phrase then, but that isn't what I meant. I was going to say she has some weight behind her, but that isn't what I mean. What I mean is Lily's reputation has weight behind it. Um, oh, yeah, that's the better way of saying it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just get kicked out. This is it. I've got to stop now because I'm going to be kicked out of the Forest Girl Association. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I think, that's really, I, think, I think there's a much longer conversation to be had here. I'm going to cut it because we're... Um, going on quite a long time we're almost at double what we would what we would normally talk about um you might have to stay yeah no i'm just not going to edit it i'll just leave it all down but thank you for um your time i will um that's pleasure i will well i'm going to see you in the morning because we're working together see you in the morning Um, yeah yeah, cool all right cheers nice to chat bye